Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, hey, Freedom Church. Uh, welcome to part two of our Reboot series. And uh, this has been a really important series for me personally, as this has been part of my journey this last season, as I've had to push into God, to lean into him, to find and rediscover for myself uh, my relationship with God in this time of challenge, that God is with us in the storm, in the difficulties. And so we're going to go back to the basis of our faith to rediscover uh, the greatest thing that Jesus ever said, that we need to learn together from him. And last time we talked about, uh, you know, those moments when the computer stops working properly, when life is a bit messy, when our Christian faith gets a little bit kind of out of kilter and we have to, as it were, turn the computer off and then back on again. We have to reset and reboot. We get into a mess. So we start afresh. We start again. We start on and on. And um And that's so important, isn't it? It's so important for each one of us that we do that, that we start fresh again. I know for me at the beginning of last year, uh, and I know many of you will know and probably fed up with hearing this, uh, that I wrote a book called Simply Church. And I wrote this book called Simply Church. And it came out in February last year. And... um, in case you haven't seen it for so long, I've even got a copy here uh, for to hold up. There we go. But I, I wrote this book and it was a book about the church and how do we rediscover the church and how do we go back to the beginning of the early church. And, and I wrote the book and it was meant to be, uh, it was published in March and, and it was meant to be going out to all the various events and activities. And I was speaking at numerous events to be promoting this book. And then, as you know, all the events got cancelled. All the places I was meant to be speaking and involved with, they all just stopped. And the great plan that I had to go and do all this work and to tell the story of this book um, didn't happen. And I thought, what, what's just happened here? I've just written the book with the shortest shelf life. Suddenly the church isn't what it used to be. It's changed completely. What I thought it would be helpful, is there any help anymore? And then I, and I felt, if I'm honest, a little bit disappointed, a little bit down on myself and a bit, ah, oh, what was all that about? A lot of work had gone in, with the publishers, and myself putting the words together. And I thought, well, that, that, that was a really, what, what was that for? And then last uh, summer, I picked up a copy of the book and I'd never done this before. And I'd always read the book on my laptop as I was writing. I'd never read the physical copy. And, um, and I got hold of the book and I thought, I'm going to read this again. And, and I was greatly encouraged. It's, it's a strange thing to say as a writer, but to say, I actually thought it, it's actually made sense and it sounded quite good in places. But I wrote um, the very beginning of the book. I wrote a statement which now I really believe was very prophetic at the time. And if I can just open it up to the first couple of pages, it says this. Sometimes it's good to strip things back a bit. It's healthy to occasionally explore our, our past and consider a fresh purpose for the future, to turn the computer off, wait for a moment, and then reboot, to realign ourselves with the plan that our creator God has set out for us, to recalibrate, to return to the start again. I open the book talking about how the church needs to reset, to reboot, 
to go back a couple of thousand years and discover what the early church was about. And I'm actually, uh, as a bit of a plug on the side, we're actually working with the publisher to redo that book. We've written a new chapter to go with it called Weathering the Storm, talking about how do you be the church when time is difficult, when we are facing uh, challenging seasons? How do we learn to dance in the rain? And so that'll be coming out uh, later on, uh, well, next couple of months, there'll be a new version of Simply Church available for you. Sorry for those who bought the first one. Um, I'll be persuaded to try and get hold of the second copy as well. But anyway, that's enough of that. But just the idea of rebooting, restarting, I think is a prophetic statement for us as the church and for us as followers of Jesus. How do we restart? How do you manage the difficulties of life when you are following Jesus? How do you push into him when everything else is pushing against you? And so today we're going to once again go back to the basics of our faith to ask the question, uh, what is it that Jesus said, that great commandment? And to start again in Matthew 22, when he was questioned by an expert in the law, um, he said this question to Jesus, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? He was trying to chick trick Jesus and Jesus wrote, uh, said this reply, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The greatest commandment to love God and to love others. Everything else is just stuff. It's just extra, unnecessary fluff. It's about loving God and loving others. That's the greatest commandment. Jesus said it, and these are words to live by today. As we said, we can get into mess and life gets confusing and, and sin creeps in and pride and deceit and broken promises and broken relationships. And we need to reboot, to start again, to become reborn. It's being reborn is the center of our Christian faith that we can always start again. Isn't that good news? We can always start again. You're never too late or too long in the tooth to be reborn again. Romans 3 reminds us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen below the standard that God expects of his children. And so we get to start again. We can start again. Last time we talked about loving God through our worship. The importance of remembering, we had that word to remember and repent, to remember Jesus and what he has done for you, to repent, to turn away from the way we used to do things, to say sorry and to change. It's no good remembering if we don't do anything about it and to remember what God has done for us and to repent and to turn away and to change our ways. That's how we worship God. And that's why when we, when we lead, uh, get led into songs of worship, it reminds us who God is. It reminds us of the, of the errors that we have made and how we need to turn back to God and away from other things. And so this week, I want to take some time just looking at how we reboot our lives by loving our neighbour as ourselves. That if we are loving God through our worship, remembering, repenting, how do we love our neighbour as ourselves? And yes, there will be two more RE words coming your way shortly. According to a scientific study, 
When you help people, there are benefits. When you volunteer and look after other people's needs, there are actual benefits to you. So here we go, I found this online, so it must be true. Um, if you help other people, you live longer. It alleviates loneliness, manages stress, and reduces depression. Apparently, volunteering is also contagious. If you do it, your friends will do it. You may know people that volunteer. It inspires you to do the same. Volunteering is contagious. That according to a study of 2,000 people over five years who volunteer on average 5.8 hours a week, it makes you happy. If you volunteer and if you look after others' needs, it makes you happier. You are more happy caring for others. It also reduces chronic pain. People struggling with chronic pain volunteered and saw a reduction in their pain. It lowers blood pressure. And it also, here's a good one for the young people listening in today, um, is the teenagers. For those of you who are teenagers and volunteer, apparently it will give you better grades at school and it will make you happier with a better self-image. That's incredible, isn't it? The idea that if you give your time to other people, that will improve your self-image and your grades, and it gives you a bigger sense of purpose, according to a scientific study. But Jesus said it first. Jesus said, love your neighbour as yourself. It was a commandment to love God with all your heart, mind and soul and to love your neighbour as yourself. That great commandment still exists. Jesus said it 2,000 years ago. The scientific studies are starting to catch up, but it's part of our mandate as followers of Christ to love others, to be loving to others, to care for others. And so the first word I want to give you today is the word rescue that we are called to be rescuers of those in need, that we are called to look out for other people, to rescue them. Psalm 82 says these words, give justice to the poor and the orphan, uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute, rescue the poor and helpless, deliver them from the grasp of evil people. We love a good rescue story. Every great movie and book is based around this rescue that succeeds against all odds. That every, every person that's rescued, there's that moment of euphoria and spontaneous joy. We're like, ah, oh, it worked. We go from that terrible place of tension and worry and concern, what's going to happen next? And then the rescue takes place and we all celebrate. Such that story we've seen in our news a couple of years ago for the, the football team in northern Thailand stuck in those caves that the world watched as they were rescued. Or the Chilean miners in 2010, 33 of them stuck underground for 69 days. When they were rescued, millions of people, they reckon it's one of the biggest audiences around the world watched as uh, these 33 miners were rescued because we love a rescue story. There's something about the story of rescuing and, and, and helping people that it, it connects with our humanity. And the Bible itself is full of great rescue stories. You know, the story of Moses, as he helps rescue the people of Israel out of Egypt, and they leave in the book of Exodus, and they escape um, the Egyptian uh, people who've been keeping them as slaves. They escape, and they get rescued by Moses. Or the story of the Good Samaritan and the man who's been attacked on the side of the road and he's in a in terrible situation. And along comes the Good Samaritan, unlikely neighbour, and he rescues the man in need. 
or the ultimate story, the story of Jesus himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. The great big plan, the story of the Bible, the great mystery of the Bible is a man called Jesus. If you, the, the book of the Bible, the word of God is the story of Jesus, how he came into being, how he came to rescue his people, to reconnect his people back to God again. And we'll be looking at in the next teaching series on the Bible as we rediscover this big story of God. And so Jesus is a rescue story. His mission was a rescue story to come to earth to rescue his people. And rescue is always about others. How can I help other people? It's never about me. And although often we say, what about me? What about me? I need this. I need that. Forget what you need, but focus what others need. Our calling is to rescue, is to look beyond our own needs and look to the needs of others. I remember when I was in my 20s, I used to uh, regularly be involved in, in, in taking uh, young lads who were at the risk of exclusion from local schools uh, on a holiday trip to the Norfolk Broads. And we would take them from their housing estate on the edge of Maidstone in Kent, uh, where we were living at the time. And we would take six at a time on a sailing holiday on the Norfolk Broads. We took them out of their comfort zones. And to start with, these lads would be kind of, you know, they'd be trying to hard and they'd be trying to show off who was, who was the strongest, who was the toughest, who knew all the toughest gangs in the local area. But once we got them out of their community, out of their natural habitat and into somewhere they'd never been before on a boat learning how to sail a small dinghy, uh, they, they discovered something new. We taught them the stories of God. We told them about a God who loved them. We, we took them to places where they were able to be themselves again. And they started the week hard and aggressive and kind of trying to react to each other. By the end of the week, they were swapping stories. They were laughing. They were falling in the water and telling uh, and just enjoying being with each other, being kids again like they were meant to be. And it was great to be part of that time where we rescued and we took people from there, from where they were, from difficult backgrounds, and we took them into this uh, new environment. We rescued them. But the story of God is more than just a rescue. Our rescue mission doesn't stop there. We're not called just to help people in need. We're called to go beyond that. Loving our neighbour as ourselves is not just making people's lives better, but it is about uh, restoring them. The other R-E word is to restore, to rescue and restore. I love all the work that we are doing in rescuing people and helping people in need with their uh, food uh, poverty and financial poverty and relational poverty and, and job challenges, but it's more than that. We're called as the people of God to tell the people who do not know God the story of God. And restore is about telling the story again. It's restoring the story of God. Psalm 51 says these words, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. We want to restore to people the joy of salvation, of being saved, of being rescued and restored by Jesus. That's what we're called to do. So in the story of, of rescue of Moses getting the people out of Egypt, that wasn't the, the end of the story. 
the story of God's people is being restored to a promised land. In the, in the book of Joshua, they discover a place that God had placed for them, which was going to be their home. It wasn't about rescue, it was about restoring them who they were meant to be. In the story of the Good Samaritan, it wasn't just the rescue of the man who'd been hurt by passers-by, but it was actually the Good Samaritan took him to the inn and paid the money to have this man fully restored to health again. In the story of Jesus, this big story, it wasn't just about Jesus coming to rescue, it was about restoration. In John 21, he, he stands with his disciples, having been through the, the, the tragedy and the challenge of death on a cross, and he comes back to life again, and he stands in front of his disciples in John 21, and he restores them. He speaks to Peter who denied him three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? Three times and feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And he says that and he says to Peter, you're the rock I'm gonna build my church upon. And he fully restored his followers. He didn't just rescue them, he restores them. And Jesus doesn't wanna rescue us and make our lives nicer or better. He wants to fully restore us to be children of God, that we are part of the story as well. And when we restore, we restore people, we tell the story of God. Because here's the thing, and someone says a church, we are bad at this, not just Freedom Church, the church. We're not so good at this because what we often do is we tell the story of God as if God loves the church so much. But that's not how the Bible goes. The Bible says God loved the world so much. And our job as followers of Christ is to tell the story to the world because our story is also the world's story. And there's not an in and an out. And part of me likes the fact that we're online at this moment in time and not all in a church building. Sometimes we can escape from the world and we can hide in our church buildings, but we're called to reach out to the world, to the Great Commission, to go into the whole world, to tell the story, the good news story to make disciples, to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That is the, the message. That is the mission. And we're called to restory the person and people into God, to reconnect them to God, to tell the story and saying, our story is your story, that we connect together, that God made the heavens and the earth and God made you and God loves you and God is interested in your life. And God says, I came and sent my son, Jesus Christ, for you. That's what it's about. And you can be part of that story that Father God loves you. He didn't just love the church or the ones that seem to be doing okay. God loves all his people. We must never just stop at rescue. We're called to restore as well, to rescue and to restore. And my challenge to us today is Freedom Church. My challenge to myself today is that to remind ourselves there is a better way that as we choose to love God and to love others, to reboot at the beginning of this year, I wanna challenge you to do those four REs, to remember and to, to, um, to remember and to repent, to remember what God has done and to repent and to change our ways. And then thirdly, to look out ways to rescue those around us, look out the need around us and to repent to remember, repent, rescue, and sorry, restore. To restore others, to tell the story of what God has done. To tell the story to others, to bring people into that story. It's our story, it's my story, it's your story. It's everyone's story, it's his story. It's God's story, we all get to participate in that. And I wanna be somebody who tells the story of God and reminds people that Jesus and what he did for us wasn't just a rescue plan, 
it was also an opportunity for us to be in relationship, to be restored to our relationship with God the Father. And I want to say to you today, if you are listening and you want to be restored to that relationship with your Father God, then do get in touch with us. We'd love to help you with that. And if you are struggling to find a way of rebooting your year, then again, we'd love to minister to you and to pray for you. I'm believing as Freedom Church this year, as we reboot, as we restart, as we begin again, as we push into God and worship Him, as we love our neighbour as ourselves, we will see our, our, the story of God being told, being being celebrated across our community, that many more people will discover God. They won't just be rescued, but they'll be fully restored into that relationship with him. Let me just pray for us as we move on from here. Lord God, I thank you that the story of God is everyone's story, that we all get to participate in that. We all can become your children, your sons, your daughters as we choose to follow you and to follow your ways. Lord, I, I pray for all those watching and listening today that they would be fully restored into that relationship. They would discover what it's like to be in relationship with you. And I pray that as Freedom Church in 2021, that we would be a church that doesn't just rescue people, but also restores them to all that you've called them to be, to be your children. That's our prayer today. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.